Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Scott Harvath Podcast. What's new tonight, Mike? Hey, well, you shouted me out for being a year older last week on the Thriller Podcast feed. So it's my turn this week to shout you out. Happy birthday. I heard you had some good steaks. I did. I did. Um, had a nice weekend in Boston uh, with with some old friends. Went to a lot of breweries. Unfortunately, even though like it's late in the playoffs or early in the, mid in the playoffs, so the Celtics, the Bruins, right. and then obviously the Red the Red Sox are playing, but everyone was out of town, so oh. I couldn't see it. Although it was kind of nice because um, Boston wasn't that busy, so I got to you know go do some things, see, and it wasn't too crowded. So nice, a lot of fun. And then uh, yeah, un- unexpectedly, we are recording a day late because got invited to a nice dinner on the company. So I'll take it. Why not? Why not? The perks of having a PhD. Yeah, there you go. They wine and dine you. Take you out on the town. Yes, yes. You know who else is whining and dining us tonight with a salacious little preview for the upcoming Dead Fall releasing in July, just a couple of months away. We got the prologue, and that's what we're here to talk about. Chris, what did you think when you first saw this email that there's a chapter excerpt uh, ready to go, released for the people? Yeah, no, I was I was super excited. I know, like they, like David and everyone over at Simon Sushir does a really good job of, um, you know, marketing these books before the rollout. So we got Deadfall coming July 11th, and yeah, you know, obviously I subscribed to both uh, the Vince Lynn and the Brad Thor uh, cover letter, or not cover letter, but um. Sorry, I'm doing interviews at work. Uh, what is it called? Uh, newsletter. 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 There we go. There Sorry, thank you. Took me a second, also. <laughs> and yeah, you know, got the note saying that there was this excerpt. Um, when I hear the word excerpt, I I think like, oh, we're just going to get like a couple paragraphs. And you know, I can read you the little couple paragraphs that were on the website. But then immediately below that, there was a button to read the entire prologue. And you know, while we don't get Scott. I think we get a nice feel of what's what what Brad is sort of aiming to go at with this, and and as I said in our last sort of Deadfall preview pod, I'm super intrigued. You know, I've been, you know, my thoughts about this war that's going on, uh, and I've been I'm intrigued. I read a lot about the news of what's going on, so you know, getting this fresh, putting you know someone something we cover on the pod in that timeline in that setting really has me intrigued to see what's what's going on. And I think this first prologue doesn't, it's kind of awkward to say doesn't um, disappoint because it's an event that's still going on, but like it has me gripped. I should say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a, I'm torn. Like I'm balancing the fact that I want Scott Harvath, you know, like I want the crew. I want him operating the way we left in rising tiger book was so much fun. And major things happened to the troll. And like, it, it was just like, give me some more of that, Scott. And then these last few previews that we've gotten are always prologues. And and this has been happening where the prologue is this kind of, uh, it's setting the stage. It's like you said, it's taking us into the conflict. It's describing the area of operations, you know, the theater of operations where this, this 
book is going to play out, which is amazing. And yeah, I want to get into that. It's great. I'm just like, man, give me some Scott. <laughs> you know, I guess that's yeah, a trend, exactly. though, right? Because a lot of the Mitch Rapp books have been doing that where this opening uh, scene is, is kind of random. You know, Enemy at the Gates, we were in Africa with, right. I think it was Mukisa Adango at the hospital. And he was he was pretty awesome. And, and the, you know, the warlord was coming in. I even think like, actually, in, in Breath Thor, in Rising Tiger, we were in the China-India border on the Himalayas with this battle right. between the guys. Now, I got to say, that works really well. And like here, we have a major cliffhanger at the end of this prologue. Like I'm dying to know what happens to this woman uh, defending the orphanage. So we get a great cliffhanger that really grips you in. But sometimes these characters don't come back. And right, in Rising right. Tiger, we never saw that general, that Indian general, just that badass dude who was using the knife and the hatchet and you know tearing these, these Chinese militants apart. I mean, it would have been cool to have him incorporated later on in the story, yet we didn't get there. So I do wonder, is this a character we should be invested in? Because off the bat, I definitely am. You know, she's an NGO worker. Well, she's a lawyer, but she left her cushy job in Chicago to join up with this NGO in, in Poland, just flew to Poland in the beginning of the war. And, you know, a lot of people were doing that. A lot of American citizens, mostly with military background, but others as well, were going to pitch in. They were they were flying to Eastern Europe. There was even that author. I, I forget who it was. He was on social media, though. He was, he was a veteran author. And he and his wife, they, they just flew right there. They were like, we're going to go offer everything we can. I mean, so it was kind of cool to see this lady doing that. And protecting the orphanages is like a different spin on what we've seen. A lot of the war stories or some social media people I followed are, I'm going to use my special forces training or I'm going to be embedded with the troops. And she's like, right. I'm going to go save the children. And like, are we going to see her again? Is that going to keep up? Do we come back to this group of children and see what happened to them? Uh, there's so many things I'm left wondering at the end of this prologue. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, I'm intrigued. Is this, you know, is this lady, you know, is she going to ultimately meet her end in this next chapter? Who, who is the person holding the pistol? Is it? Right. It can't be Scott, right? Because, you know, because some, some, a lot of times, you know, we'll immediately, after the prologue, the first chapter, we'll get the, you know, Scott, whether it be Scott, Mitch, whatever, coming into play. So is the next chapter, do we immediately cut to something completely different? We're back in the United States or, or do we follow up with this scene later on? You know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm what, intrigued. <laughs> what? What would you prefer? What would you prefer is the continuation chapter one right after this? I'm curious. I think, it, it, you know, obviously it, it can't. I mean, I guess I, I should say it can't be Scott Harvett. I don't think it's like Scott Harvett's going to come to save the day. I think like ultimately what this chapter does is just a setting to place you in a mindset of what's what's what what is going on in this interaction. Ultimately, I, I probably think what happens is maybe when Scott goes over there, maybe maybe we see the aftermath of this confrontation. You know, I, I could see something like that happening where, you know, maybe maybe Scott finds some bodies, Scott finds something ransacked uh, or this orphanage ransacked in, in right. a way, but no one there type situation. Almost like, um, like a post-apocalyptic type movie. Where yeah. you know you you have like a, a beginning scene and then somehow that 
you see touch points later on in the movie of it, you know? I could see that happening. I, I just want to make sure we return to this. Like, I felt sure. a little in Rising Tiger, that opening scene with India and China was never really brought full circle and, and, and back into the story. And I think yeah, here, it was just whether mentioned, it's... Right? It was just like mentioned, like as as a, like that this one happened, right? Right. It was mentioned that there was a skirmish. It just never really drove the plot all that much. It was just kind of a scene setter. And I think here, this is going to tie into the plot. Whether, like you're saying, we see the ruins of the orphanage, if there is utter destruction, you know, or the woman gets taken and she's going to be some key link that once she's saved and tracked down, she can be this missing link telling us where the rest of the children are to go save or something. I would like to see this kind of tight storyline where this this gripping, compelling narrative with with this woman is brought into the fold and Scott has to directly interact. One other thing about the pistol is we also got to remember there's that like that Wagner group or, well, we don't know who these mercenaries are, but there's like an elite, sure. not not elite in that they're really well-trained commandos, but they're almost like a, a rough around the edges mercenary group being assembled to ravage the countryside uh am i right that was that was mentioned in the brief blurb that we got that putin just Correct. unleashes this like terror group to go nuts i wonder if that's and i'm guessing it's scott doesn't say doesn't call them the wagner group in the synopsis but right. or brad doesn't but uh, you know that's what we're supposed to pull pull upon right and what, what i thought was interesting is that when they're describing these guys like they're there are these people that are like you know howling and they're they're wearing they have a skull painted on their face so yeah i think like maybe this could be the group and we're seeing you know like i said maybe maybe something later on gets referenced within their own group about the interactions that happen at this orphanage or or, or whatnot right so. it could be the spark that you know right gets got in there that puts our boots on the ground because man, these guys are just wildly firing. Like what are they driving in just a caravan shooting live rounds left and right? Like it's insane. Like it's madness. It's the chaos of war. And I'm, I'm glad we're going to have Scott in there. There another piece of this. I remember we spoke about on the preview episode and for anyone who missed it, just scroll down in your feed. I think we covered a few books since then, but maybe three or four episodes ago in, in January, we did a preview episode where you and I were debating theories and going into research of what might happen here. I remember the art and the artifacts and recovering them is going to play a key role. And I had found some article about, I believe it was this local, I forget if he worked for a church or something, but he was like a custodian yeah, yeah, yeah. of Ukrainian art and artifacts that have symbolic and cultural heritage. And he was hiding them in basements and stuff. And I thought it was so cool the way the basement and this kitchen was described. And she's making these false cutouts and uh, these props and this bookcase that could block the entrance and hiding all the people. And they put, you know, for the babies and the toddlers, these these basically cages where they can stay and hide out. They have to suppress sound so they're not heard. I felt like we were in the caverns of a very old building and to me, that was like exactly the research we saw, that, that the, the Ukrainians were hiding out and hiding precious artifacts in these types of places. And like, boom, we open up with that coming true, except it's people being hidden. You know, it's children, it's orphans. It's just really bringing the reality of the war front and center in just a jaw-dropping way. And what better place to watch Scott do his business, you know, and save the day and operate than, than that, when it's literally the life and death of orphans. 
Yeah, and I, I wonder, you know, is like what's the play for Scott? Like that's what I'm really intrigued about. Like right. what, what what ultimately brings him into the fold? Is it literally just stopping this mercenary group? You know, or is it a play? I'm kind of at like, you know, I, I I feel like anything can happen with this novel. It's like it's, yeah. it's very intriguing. So, yeah, because I, I don't think it's going to be like you know our traditional, you know, bomb. You know, I got to save a bomb. Got to save like a chemical attack, an assassination type thing. I, it'd be interesting to just see him like being a, a general. Like uh, Scott has to save the day. Like he has to stop a war. You know, try to stop a war. You know, like that. That's have we have we seen Scott in in that sort of action? I mean, I can think Mitch when he was on the ground in Red War in sure. the Baltics, Latvia, yeah. wherever it was. Yeah, I I mean, we haven't. That's that's the kind of vibe. That's the kind of vibe I I get. You know, like they're they're coming in and. It's just interesting to see, and I guess, you know, Kyle just preempted, you know, guessed like certain things are going to happen, but to place it so closely intertwined with reality, this one, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so, fr- so fresh, it's so prescient. I don't know. I'm, it's going to be a different one, I feel like. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the closest thing on my mind, at least, is like a red war, but then, like you say, with the reality I'm also thinking Insurrection Day. And if you guys sure. haven't heard, we covered Chris Howdy's novella. He writes the Haley Chill series. Absolutely recommend it. We've covered all of the books, and we're going to definitely cover the next one, which we have an advanced copy of on No Limits, the Thriller podcast feed, our other feed. You guys got to check out Haley Chill. And to me, reading this book set in Ukraine is almost bringing back that feeling when I knew I was picking up Chris's novella about January 6th and like we're in the Capitol building on January 6th, sneaking through the corridors. Like that was so bizarre. Just what months, maybe a year later reading this story with a fictional uh, protagonist, Haley chill that we love happening in real life events that were like five miles away from me at the time. I'm going to feel that way, but about the Ukraine conflict And again, like I said, I'm balancing a couple of different things. I am balancing, is it too soon? And I don't know if that's on your mind or anyone else's mind because, you know, the scourge of war, do we know what's true? Do we know what's not true? Can we really accurately reflect on in art what happened and the impact of this conflict while it's still unfolding? Or do we need breathing space, right? Do we have to let the dust settle and and see the outcome of this thing before we start commenting on it through literature and movies and storytelling or no do we need the stories now because the story is a vehicle to get people interested to get people caring and to expose people to the tragedy so maybe we do need more storytellers here and now doing things like this but is fiction the right way to do it or should it be documentary how do you appeal to a wide enough audience while being sensitive to the fact that this is the lived reality of millions of Ukrainians, sure. whether they're in country or they're refugees, is it too soon to be making fiction out of it? I don't know, but when Brad Thor's at the helm, I'm pretty sure we're going to be in good hands. It's just, man, is it too soon? Yeah, the too soon question is very interesting. Like you said, you know, this this blending of fact and fiction, the, what he calls faction, right? Uh, it's perfectly suited for for Brad. To, yes. to tackle like this in a story 
you know, I think that'll be something that we're definitely going to have to parse out when we read it, when we do our pod in, in July. Uh, I can't believe, you know, it's already, it's already April. It's going to be here so before soon. you know it. Oh, the but Viagra. Yeah, no, I, the Viagra, dude. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Did you read that line about the Russian soldiers right. being fed Viagra in order to, you know, f- scare the Ukrainians and, and perpetrate and encourage sex crimes? And I'm like, dude, that has to be real. I looked it up. It's totally real. It is real. Dude, yeah. I, like, Brad Thor is the perfect person to do this. There was a UN envoy. I don't know at what level she was, but she was a representative of the UN, basically sent to report on the crisis and, and manage, you know, UN interface with the UN and, and the conflict in Ukraine. And she literally came out and said, sex crimes are being used as a weapon of war to scare the population, to intimidate them. And I do believe Russian soldiers were found, you know, with Viagra on them and all this stuff. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's conclusive evidence that it was issued right by the Russian authorities but like that. I'm not sure about, but it's very clear that there's tons of cases of rape, of human trafficking, of everybody. And he's not kidding when he says it's not just women and girls, it's men and little boys. And I think there's a line like they were monsters or the monsters were coming. All of that is just so real. And it's necessary to tell the story because even you and I, right, informed readers, I I didn't know that, right? Like I knew, of course, war crimes are happening, but like that Russian troops were carrying Viagra for the purpose of perpetrating mass rape, like, holy shit. If two informed, one a doctor, two informed individuals who read up on this stuff didn't, maybe even didn't even hear that note or know it was that bad, maybe we need the storytellers filling in those gaps like Brad Thor. Right. No, I, I definitely think we do. And, you know, it's one way maybe to get people as they read it, you know, maybe they be, begin to do what, like what you did and, and look things up. You know, and become more informed, especially, you know, I do that with historical stuff that Brad dives into or, or Kyle or, or Vince dived into it. It had me constantly like I would sit with either, you know, my Kindle actual book, audiobook, and I'd have Wikipedia pulled up because I'd, I'd want to know, like, especially Brad, because, you know, right. he loves the historical stuff. Yeah. You know. I just want to know, all right, is this true? Is it not? You know, like, cause sometimes he, and then he, eventually once you read like the author's note at the end of the story, he'll pretty much tell you what, what is, what is true, what is not. Right. Also with Jack, cause Jack is, you know, a man of history as well, especially military history. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I, th- I think you're right. I think Brad, you know, m- maybe, you know, I would love to see what Jack would do with this, you know, in this setting as well. But I just think like James, I, I don't know how I would feel about James being, in you know it, it all depends on how you set up the story but right i think i think scott where we left scott last i could see him operating over there a little better so yeah absolutely he, he's ready for that next adventure kind of just go save the day seasoned guy where where he's at in his life is almost like exactly the people i was referencing who are in the news or on social media is like i left everything to use my military or special forces training to go advise like that's Scott Coleman. Yeah, oh, whoa. Right. That's Scott Harvath, you know. It's even yeah, Scott no, Coleman yeah. too. It I know what you be, meant. I know what you meant. It could be Scott or Scott. They're just these seasoned, old-timey veterans, been there, done that kind of guys who can go in and embed or teach, you know, share their skills with younger generation soldiers 
on the Ukrainian front and like be that gravitas, you know, that that voice of reason and experience. Because how many theaters of operations have they seen, you know, urban and desert and whatnot. And like, let's go. Let's get those people in the front lines. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I don't know. Any any other uh, final thoughts you had uh, before, you know, we we ultimately come back and talk about Deadfall? In in between, we're going to be covering a couple more of uh, Scott's books. Uh, We got we got to record next week, The Athena Project. Yes. After that, I think we'll probably get Athena Project full black May, June. Then we'll take a, a pause, I guess, again, and then we'll cover Deadfall, right? Yeah. But we're we're about to hit. I mean, ultimately, I think we want to maybe even after the full black episode, we will want to do a pause and like a first half discussion because I think we're about to hit a transition between the last book. What was it? Foreign Influence. Athena Project going into full black. We're gonna, you know, we're, I think we're going into like, 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 like we kind of said before, early bread, late, late bread. It'd be interesting yeah. to sort of summarize early bread. So. I think that's the moment where we do our reflections, halfway point pause, maybe rankings. We'll see if we rank so far the books we've covered. I think you're right. After full black, it's also a good time to pause with all the other content coming out. Because on Thriller Pod, we're getting into Only the Dead by Jack Carr. Down the road, we've got Chris Howdy's next book. We've got Code Red. What is that, September? So we're going to have to have a summer plan here to kind of wrap up our first half of the Brad Thor books, do a pause. But then also we've got lots of other content coming on the Thriller Podcast and the Mitch Rap Podcast. So Yeah, yeah. no, we, we got a lot. We we already started Don, uh, Don Bentley's series. Right. Um, and we we gotta we gotta get some authors back on. We ha- I feel like we haven't interviewed or I haven't interviewed anybody in a while. You you've interviewed some people, but uh, I I think we have to arrange, and it's going to be tough. Don Bentley, Kyle Mills, man, if we can get them together, that'd be a plus. But at least having both of them on to talk about uh, the transition. So yeah, and if we can get Jack and um, Brad this summer, that'd be awesome too. That'd be so. really good. Yep. Lots of things. Lots of things. Oh, I guess I guess one last thing about the preview though for Deadfall. We didn't get the audio clip because I feel like the Mitch Rap previews, we have gotten a they, little bit of George yeah. Goodell. You know, you get like 20 minutes, 30 minutes of George Goodell. Uh, I would like to hear that. I think this would be a really good prologue to be told in an audiobook. It would just be haunting to hear this read to you. And right, I don't know about you, right. but when I hear something when I hear an audiobook, I, I feel like I'm transported there a little bit more uh, if I'm focused than if I'm reading it on the page. I feel like hearing the audio in Ukraine of this woman saving this orphanage would just be super cool to hear that read aloud. So I'm really looking forward to the audiobook. Uh, yeah, I, Armin, Armin Schultz, he's a man. It. He's a man for it. Brad. So. All right, guys, uh, we need to thank our patrons. Our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, just let Scott be Scott. Dude, about traveling heavy, do you think we go elsewhere in this book? Or is this going to be like brad's opportunity to just stay in one place like he kind of did with india in rising tiger yeah i don't know that i feel like he's kind of the last couple has toned it down a little bit 
stay a little more focused in one to three, five <laughs> given places as opposed to not 18, 18, 20, 25, <laughs> you know, I think that's something we're going to reflect on with early Brad versus later Brad. I think one of the, the changes is he definitely dials back the traveling heavy in, in, in his mid and late books compared to his early yeah. ones. Definitely. He's definitely. too ambitious. Just too ambitious. Well, Scott's getting older, you know? That's true. Can't move around. He can't, as much. Handle, uh, can't handle all that moving around. <laughs>